Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone, again, and what a blessing it is to be with you together here, worshiping the Lord as his people. On Monday, I began my 24th year of ministry as the senior pastor here of Bethel Christian Fellowship. And uh, as I've told you many times, it's just a profound privilege to serve this congregation. So as we begin my 24th year of ministry here, uh, we're going to actually begin a brand new sermon series this morning, which is connected to this, directly to this year's theme, which is a year to engage. And so um, God is calling us as a congregation to engage, all right? And what we're doing and discovering as we're walking through this together over, uh, you know, these many months is what that looks like as it begins to unfold here at Bethel. And so we began the year with a series called Kaleo, which is called. Then we just completed a series called Epistello, which means sent. And so now we're going to begin a new series entitled Praxis. But before we get there, let me remind you of what our two key scriptures are from this year to engage. First of all, out of Haggai, the prophetic word that the Lord has had us walking through for the last several years from Haggai chapter 2, verse 4 specifically this year, But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And, and what? What? Work? Work? Be strong, all you people of the land, and kick back. Time to just chill. Time to chillax, as they say. Now, be strong, all you people of the land, and work. For from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. There it is again. Hmm. All right. Well, for the next eight weeks, we would like to unfold what this working might look like. And seeing this is the year of sermon series titles with Greek names, we've entitled, Pastor Sam, I've entitled this sermon series Praxis, which you can think of practice, though it literally means to function. And we're going to get into that this morning. All right. So let me just give you, I'm going to kind of bring the wide-angle lens in. Uh, This morning is kind of an introduction to our series, and so we're going to use a wide-angle lens this morning to get you oriented regarding what it is that we're going to be looking at over the next seven weeks subsequent to this. All right. First of all, let's just talk for a moment about spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6, Paul writes these words. He says, there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, 
But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, extra sermon points available. Talk to me for a moment. What do you notice in this passage? There's, there's a couple of things that are interesting. So, so help me notice what you see in that very familiar passage, which many of you have read hundreds of times. But kind of zone in for a moment, kind of get in closer, and tell me what you see up here. What's that? Service and working and what's the first one? Gifts. Gifts, service, working. Okay, what, what else do you notice? Different, okay. Same God, but what do you notice about that? God at work, all right. But what do you notice about God up here? Spirit, Lord, God. Isn't that interesting? So really what we've got here going is Paul uses, and Paul uses language deliberately, okay? God, when he's inspiring his word, you know, it's not just random. There's, there's, there's some, you know, God's breathing in some things to help us see some things. So I want you to understand here. So, so he's talking about these different kinds, and he uses three different words. He talks about gifts of the Spirit, service of the Lord, and workings of God the Father. So you have this Trinitarian perspective of God the Spirit, God the Son, and God the Father at work. So, so embedded, I mean, you know, there's no place you can go to in the Scripture and look up Trinity and find a verse that, that will explain it right there for you. But you see it. If you look, you can watch the working of God at work through the Trinity, and he gives these different kinds. Of, he talks about gifts and servings and workings. Now, I don't want to make too much of this because you can get off into kind of uh, extraneous matters, and I don't want to go there, but I do want you to notice that there is diversity and unity at work here because it's the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God who's working in a diversity of gifts and servings and workings. All right? So, please take note of that. Now, there are many, many different ways in which people have taken the spiritual gifts and categorized them. Because sometimes it helps for us to be able to have, in our understanding, these categories. I don't think God really looks at them quite in the same way we do. But we're trying to understand Him. And so it's important for us to to, to go in and do some study and press in to try to understand what is it that, that we can discover about the spiritual gifts. Well, first of all, I want you to notice that there are three main categories of spiritual gifts. Now, again, we can categorize them in different ways. And, and, and in fact, this week, on Saturday, is our Doorway to Ministry course. If you've never gone through it, I really encourage you to do it. And in the afternoon, we have a whole... Um, we have a whole piece of the doorway that's all on um, discovering on discovering your spiritual gifts. And we'll go into great detail and, and into that this Saturday afternoon. So I encourage you to sign up if you've never gone through the course. But the first is what we would call manifestational gifts, gifts that can be seen. And these, you know, primarily, um, you know, and they're, they're, they're found in other places in the New Testament, but 1 Corinthians 11, 2 to 14, 40, 
there is a significant, concentrated um, uh, teaching that Paul does to the Corinthian church about manifestational gifts. The second is what we're calling ministerial gifts. And I want you to notice, by the way, please take note of this. Pastor Sam came up with this alliteration, not me. Yeah, it, 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 the infection is spreading. Okay, so, um, so ministerial gifts are from Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. And the third category is that of motivational gifts, which are found in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 8. Now let's unpack that just a little bit more. I'm just going to do a quick flyover of those because our focus for the next eight weeks is on that third category of motivational gifts. But first of all, let's look at manifestational gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 and 11 says this. Now to each one, say each one. Say each one. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to, to who? Each one, just as He determines. And then He goes on and gives examples of these manifestational gifts. Now, here's some things that I want you to notice. A couple of takeaways for you about manifestational gifts. First of all, they are given to each. That means to everyone. That means I have a gift and you have a gift. That means we have gifts. It's given to who? Everyone. Each one. So each of us have been given spiritual gifts. Secondly, they are given as the Spirit wills. Not your will or mine. They're as the Spirit wills. He is the one who gifts us with these charismata, charisma, the gracelets of the Lord, those gifts of God. They are gifts. They're not some, this is not Boy Scout camp where you earn merit badges. These are given as he wills. Thirdly, They are given for the common good of the church and the kingdom. They're given for the common good. They're not for you to hoard up in your own little, you know, corner and take your things and I'm going to take all my little marbles and I'm going to hold them over here and not let anybody else see them. They're given. Let me put it this way. They're given to be given away. To be used for the common good of the church and the kingdom. Okay, that's the manifestational gifts. Let's go on to the ministerial gifts. This is found in Ephesians chapter 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So these ministerial gifts are given to the church. They are given to equip saints for ministry. And they are given to build up the body of Christ. So these ministerial gifts are given in a sense here to empower the gifts that are resident within his body to be used, again, both within the church and also for the kingdom of God. So for the purposes of God to be fulfilled. All right? So that is the purpose of 
the fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is equipping or empowering, supporting, and releasing the gifts to be fully used. And these are gifts that are given to the church. And so here's one of the things I want you to notice. Um, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teacher are not only gifted, but they themselves are actually gifts to the church. Okay? So, I guess after 24 years I can say this. I'm your gift. All right? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Thank you, Ann. <laughs> But he gives these gifts for the purpose of empowering and releasing. Okay? Thirdly, there are the motivational gifts. And this is the focus of our study for the next eight weeks. In Romans chapter 12, and here's the fun, fundamental um, scripture for us. And by the way, if you hear somebody talking, that's, they're, they're translating for us. Okay? So we have a, a, a brand new family who's uh, arrived from the Congo. And uh, so we're, we're letting them in on what's being said, all right? So, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, there's the word praxis, okay? So underline in your body, body, in your Bible, function, all right? All right? Each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same, say, function, function. This is, the, this is the title of the message. This is the focus. This is the title of the series. Function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Guess what? You belong to me, and I belong to you, and you belong to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Faith, If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So for the next seven weeks, what we're going to be doing is unfolding each of these gifts. So if you look on the front of your bulletin, you can see on the bulletin in the gears there, Elizabeth, our wonderful intern, did a lovely job again on this. Leader, mercy, giver, exhorter, prophet, servant, teacher. Each of those gifts working together. And here's some things about these gifts. They are different for each person. They are all needed for the body. And they are meant to work together. And here's, here's a piece that I want... I need to say this clearly so that we grab hold of this. I believe that each one of us has one of these as a primary motivational gift in our life. So as we go through this study, you're going to discover, I pray, this is, my, this is what I'm expecting is going to happen, that God's going to reveal to you your particular motivational gift, the way God's made you. To function. 
Now, there's gift mixes. We're going to talk about all those kinds of things and how God puts that together. But each one of you, and you're going to understand and discover who you are, but you're also going to discover who the person sitting next to you might be or the one who wakes up in bed next to you. Hopefully that's your spouse, all right? Yes. Or maybe your child, depending on, you know. But you're going to discover and see because God's created you and shaped you in a particular way. And as your pastors, Pastor Sam and I, want to equip you to empower you into your particular function here. Because guess what? It's a year to engage. It's not a year to chillax. It's a year to work. It's a year to get activated into those things. All right, so let's talk about activating the gifts. All right? We're doing good, people. We're halfway there, for those of you that are wondering if lunch will come today. It will. All right. So, For by the grace given me. Now, so we're in Romans. So, so actually come to Romans. If you got your Bible, open it up. Don't just do the screen thing. Look up. If you, got, you can get the Bible located right in front of you in the, in the book rack there if you'd like to. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same, there's that word again, function, so in Christ we Though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So in other words, see yourself as you are before God, and then recognize that just as each of one of us, we, we have one body with many, many members, and they don't all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So here's the point. Here's what I want to press into us this morning. Activation requires functioning in and engaging our motivational gifts of the Spirit for the benefit of the body and the building of the kingdom. So the body of Christ will be built up and that his kingdom will be expanded. We're partnering with him in the benefiting the body. How how can my gift benefit the body of Christ? And how can my gift be a part partnered with Christ in building his kingdom. Remember, he's building his church. But he uses us as his body to be a part of that building. That's activation. Functioning in and engaging. So, 
How do we function effectively? Now that you have your Bible open, which I'm really glad you do, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. This isn't going to be up on the screen, but we're going to work through it together for just a moment. This isn't going to take long, but a very familiar passage. All right, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to begin in verse 12. So um, is anybody using the Pew Bible in front of you? Got that? What page are we on? 813? Go to page 813. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning of verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. First of all, this is... These are some, some principles about functioning here. How, do, how are we going to function effectively? We need to recognize that we are connected to each other in the kingdom. We're connected to each other. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. The question is not if you're going to be a part of the body of Christ. If you're a believer... The question is, how are you going to be a part of the body of Christ? It's not if, but how. All right, let's go on. Verses 15 to 20. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Think about that for a minute. That would be not good. If the whole body was an eye. All right? Or if the whole body were an ear. Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So here's the the point. We do not compare ourselves to each other in the kingdom. We spend a lot of time doing that, don't we? Individually and corporately. Well, you know, we're not Eagle Brook or Substance Church or North Heights. Praise God for Eagle Brook. Praise God for Substance Church. Praise God for North Heights. Praise God for St. Paul Fellowship and for Messiah Episcopal down here and for all of our friends in St. Albans Church of God in Christ and all of the congregations that we are. But we're not comparing ourselves. We're who we are. If everybody were, were Bethel, as lovely as we are, we're not the whole body. We, we don't compare ourselves. We, we're, we're part of a whole together in the same way individually. I'm not Lynn, and Lynn's not me. And I'm not rich, and rich isn't me, right? And, you know, Alga, and, you know, all you, you know, Gene and Albina, and, you know, we're not... 
each other, but we don't have to compare ourselves to each other because there's stuff that you can do that I can't. There's callings and giftings and purposes in your life that I need and that we need each other. So we don't compare. Go on, verse 21 to 25. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. It would be kind of weird for the head to say to the feet. You know, see a head bouncing down the road? That wouldn't be good, all right? On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no such special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. We do not compete with each other in the kingdom. Most of you know that I helped to lead a collaboration of churches here in St. Paul called Mission St. Paul, and we've got numbers and numbers of churches. We've been meeting together. I've been praying with pastors back in this prayer room for now. It's getting closer. It's going on towards 20 years together, praying every week for each other. And I love these men and women, and I love their churches. And I'm so grateful to be a part. I'm not competing with them. You know, in the last two years, almost, uh, last two plus years, now almost over two dozen new church plants have come to St. Paul. That's awesome. And you know, about the first dozen all got planted within about a mile or two of here. And I'm so glad. Because they're going to reach people that we're never going to reach. And they're going to touch people and God's going to use them. And we open up our space and we invite them in and we encourage them and we help them in any way we can. Because you know what? We're not in competition. God's, you know, it's not like a, it's not just a little pie. You know, there's plenty of unsaved people yet who need to know Jesus, you know. And we need each other to cast those nets together. Are you catching my heart? This is really important to me, by the way. Verse 26, if one part suffers, each part suffers with it. If one part is honored, each part rejoices with it. We are concerned about each other in the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I'm really concerned about Gene Swenson right now. You know, my heart is moved by what's going on with her. And I know yours is too, because we're together. When she's suffering, we're suffering. Thank you so much, Lynn, for just praying for us in that place today. Because we, we're concerned about each other. And when one part gets honored, we all go, yeah! I'm so glad you cheered for these guys this morning. That's worth cheering. They're being honored. Yes! Verse 27 Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We're collaborating with each other in the kingdom. There is a synthesizing, a working together that happens. We are collaborating for the kingdom with each other. I've had this picture for years and years and years of the net and 
those ties that tie the ropes together. That's our relationships with one another. We're tied together. We're linked together. We are a net. We're going fishing with a net, not just a pole in the kingdom. Okay. Now we're really coming in for a landing. How do we engage our motivational gifts? How do we engage our motivational gifts of the Spirit? How do we engage, actually, all of our gifts, the manifestational gifts, all of the gifts of the Spirit? How do we engage those together? First of all, we need to receive. We need to receive. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. I'm going to put it this way, very simply. When you receive Christ into your life, when you invite him to be Savior and Lord, when he takes residence in you by his Spirit, the Spirit of God takes residence in you And when you have the Spirit of God in you, you have the gifts of the Spirit. You receive those gifts from the Spirit at that time. So you receive spiritual gifts. Again, they're not merit badges that you're earning. They're things that God has deposited in you, which are going to be coming out. We'll talk about that in a moment, all right? That get then activated. Second lay we need to recognize the spiritual gifts that we have. Do not neglect your gift, Paul said to Timothy, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. In other words, there, he, he's speaking to Timothy and says, you've got a gift, or probably likely Timothy had several gifts, but Paul's speaking very specifically and he's saying, don't neglect the gift that you have received, that was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. The body of elders laid hands on Timothy and spoke into the thing that God had put in him, and Timothy had been perhaps neglecting that, and Paul says, you need to recognize the gift that you have been given. I have I had strong burden this morning in pre-service prayer about this because I think that there is a whole lot of people within the body of Christ who have neglected their gifts. Those gifts have simply gone dormant. Oh, you used them at one time, but now they're up on a shelf. And that's everything from your prayer language, which you used to pray in regularly, and now, eh, not so much. Every once in a while. To things like the motivational gifts that we're going to be talking about, or gifts of healing, or whatever they are, the manifestational, the ministerial, the, the motivational gifts the gifts of the Spirit that we're going to be talking about this Saturday at our Doorway to Ministry course, these are the things that sometimes have been neglected. And if you don't recognize that you have a gift, it's not going to get activated. You're not going to engage it if you don't know what it is. Okay? The third is this releasing peace. There's three parts to this that I want to mention. First of all, There's the consecration of the Spirit. Now, when I put the river of God up 
that's me. This is the way I think because I think in pictures. I think of God's, I think of consecration as God's river continuously going through our life. It's the river out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. There's a, there's a, there's a living water that goes forth. In Romans 12, 1, which begins this passage that we're studying in Romans 12. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What does God want you to give him? He wants you to give him everything. What does he think he owns? He thinks he owns everything. He actually thinks that you're his. And guess what? You are. You are. And so you offer your body as a living sacrifice. So this consecration is the ongoing process by which the Spirit of God, the river of God, flows in and cleanses our lives. We're going to be talking a lot about that in the upcoming course that starts Wednesday night on the life of freedom. Pastor Sam and I are going to be sharing and talking about that if you I'd encourage you to come. If you're not a part of a mosaic or something else that's happening on that night of the week, come and join us just eight weeks on this life of freedom because it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. He wants to free you. He wants to consecrate you. Filling of the Spirit. I think of this as the wellspring of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You all perhaps have heard that word be filled in the Greek. It means be continuously filled. I think of this as the fountain of God that's constantly flowing and the wellspring of life that's washing up in our lives. And out of this is produced the fruit that we see in Galatians chapter 5, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the self-control. These are the things that are a part of being filled with the Spirit. As the Spirit fills you, His fruit will become evidenced in your life. We need that wellspring of God. And then finally, there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I picture as the waterfall of God. It's the time when the Spirit of God just comes and He pours on you in such a way that it overwhelms you. The word baptism means to be made fully wet. The Spirit of God is in you. He also wants you to be immersed in Him. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, and we are in Christ. It's both and, you know, it's both of these things. And so it's that ongoing, and in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which he's, you've uh, heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was 17 years old when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was a freshman at Wheaton College. And uh, I'd grown up in a, in a wonderful congregation, in a wonderful church. It was a very strong evangelical congregation. The way I understood the Holy Trinity was that it was the Father, Son, and the Holy Scriptures. Okay? I didn't really know about the Holy Spirit. But I did know that I was hungry for something more. And I got into, um, and, I, and I fell among what I affectionately call some charismaniacs, all right? This was in the 70s, and it was the time of the charismatic renewal and revival, and, 
And, um, you know, they prayed for anything that didn't run away fast enough, okay? So, I mean, that's the way it was, all right? It was just the atmosphere, all right? It was wonderful, all right? So they got hold of me. I went to a couple of, you know, I, I went to a couple of Bible studies, and I started hearing about stuff and seeing things, and I'm like, oh, boy, never seen that before. And the next thing I know, Friday night, they're laying hands on me. And the fire of God came. I mean, literally, I looked, I, I mean, they're praying for me, and I'm like looking because I'm like, their hands have got to be, their, their flesh has got to be charboiled because I am on fire. And then, boom, this wellspring, a prayer language, words I'd never spoken, words I'd never known. Before I even knew what the question, before I knew, before I figured out that, forgive me, but that I'm not sure that that was supposed to happen to me, you know, at least from my background. I didn't know that that, that this was supposed to happen. It was happening. And I'm praying for two hours. I just pray in the spirit. I, two, I, I go back to my dorm room and I'm just praying. I'm just pouring. I mean, it's just like this huge well got opened up. That was a long time ago, people. But it's still fresh and alive. I still pray virtually every day in my prayer language. I think I pray more in my prayer language than I pray in anything else. Because I can pray, I can pray unceasingly. All right? And that opened up lots of other stuff. I'm not just, it wasn't just the, the prayer language. It wasn't just speaking in tongues. It was lots of other things got activated in me. Because the point of this is not simply to have these, again, nice little cool gifts here. It's for empowerment to do the work that Jesus calls us to do. It's part of benefiting the church and building up the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. That's what it's for. I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful he still comes. And I can tell you many other times where the Lord has whelmed me with his spirit, where he's baptized me afresh, where I've, you know, I've laid out under the power for three hours where God just did stuff in me that transforms my life. And his river is still flowing through me and his wellspring is still springing up within me because he wants to release more. He wants to release more in you and more in me and more through us. Because we exist for those who aren't here yet. So this is the place to get activated. So you can go sent. We're called, we're sent. But to do that now and to do that, we've got to function. So as your pastor and as your friend, this is, my, this is my commission, this is my assignment for these next weeks is to help us in this area specifically of motivational gifts where I believe every single one of us has been given by God a particular specific motivational gift which is, which is, is, is something that God, is, it's just part of the fabric and the DNA of the way God's made us. I want to see that activated in you.
and activated in me. I know what mine is, by the way. I'll talk about that when we get there. But we're going we're gonna, to, it's going to be a great journey, so please join us. But, but this morning, this morning, you know, we don't have to wait till week eight. We get to start right now. Because God wants to release right now. I got, we got oil here. I got my cool little oil that somebody brought me back from Jerusalem or wherever. Doesn't make it more whatever, it's just that it's cool. We're going to ask the Lord right now. The song is, it's an oldie. For those of us that are old, that we've been around a while. Go ahead and put up the words to, oh wait, put up this next slide. Sorry, I got one more slide. (laughs) 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. The special gift of ministry you've received when I laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that ablaze. God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. He wants it to keep ablaze. All right. We're going to pray. You just open your hands. If you're at the altar, just keep going. Just keep praying. If you want prayer, come. I want to pray a prayer of benediction to release those that need to go. That's fine. Let me pray with you. Jesus. Jesus. Can we just hold our hands up and open to the Lord right now? Just as a posture. It's a biblical posture to lift up holy hands into the Lord. It's right there in the Bible. We're a people of Scripture. As we lift up holy hands before you today, Jesus, we're here. with expectant hearts that you're going to activate those things that Lord have been dormant that you're going to impart to us things that we've not even yet seen or received that we're going to receive and we're going to see and you're going to release God your life in us So Jesus, I pray for your people gathered here in this house, all over this room, that Jesus, right now you would come, 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 and release, Jesus, your life, your power. Your spirit among us, oh God, that you would wake up and activate and set a blaze your people for your kingdom glory and work Jesus 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 and I pray again this day as I do each Sunday that you would be filled afresh with the immeasurable love of God the Father with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, 
with the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of his favor over your life. Until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home. I bless you, people of God. And I pray that his mercy and goodness will chase you down each and every day for his glory. In Jesus' name, he is the Lord.